This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Simone Zaziaris. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Tuesday the 4th of May. In your Squiz today, Australia's Chief Medical Officer clears the air. A toxic culture in gymnastics. Property prices slow down. And put down that water bottle. This is your Squiz today. The Morrison government continues to face criticism over its decision to fine and jail anyone who tries to enter Australia from India. That was announced last Friday and comes after the government temporarily banned all travellers from India coming to Australia until the 15th of May. Since then, Claire, there's been a bit of confusion around who advised the decision to pursue criminal sanctions. Yeah, lots of questions about who and also on what basis. What happened, as you say, on Friday, Health Minister Greg Hunt notified the public that there would be these huge fines and a prison term for anyone who breached that border ban and travelled to Australia from India. Uh, On the weekend, there was growing pressure on the government to justify that approach and Foreign Affairs Minister Maurice Payne said that the government made the decision to back that ban with criminal sanctions based on advice from the Chief Medical Officer. Australia's Chief Medical Officer is Paul Kelly. He yesterday said that he didn't give any advice in relation to fines or any of those matters. A letter has since been released, that advice from Kelly to Hunt about what that border ban could be. Uh, And it does reference those penalties, but it also warns that there is a risk to Australians in India, including of death, as a result of that travel ban. Uh, What the Health Secretary, Professor Brennan Murphy, yesterday sought to provide was a bit of another explanation, and that is that the government brings down these border bans under the Biosecurity Act, and those criminal sanctions are built in uh, to that legislation. It doesn't necessarily mean that the government uses it, and it hasn't in the past, but it certainly is in this instance. Yeah, we've talked about the situation in India a fair bit on the podcast of late, and that's because the country continues to report soaring numbers of coronavirus cases. Things don't seem to be settling down there, Claire. No, they really don't. India reported more than 300,000 new coronavirus cases for a 12th straight day. Deaths also rose by more than 3,400. Experts still, though, say that that toll could be five to ten times higher than the official tally. Yeah, India's Prime Minister Narendra Modi has been accused of focusing on the polls rather than the pandemic. He's been criticised for not taking steps earlier to curb the spread of the virus. Last year, Gymnastics Australia commissioned a report after serious complaints were made alleging mental and physical abuse of athletes. Yesterday, Claire, that report was released by the Australian Human Rights Commission and it described a toxic culture of physical, emotional and sexual abuse in the sport. Kate Jenkins, the Sexual Discrimination Commissioner, yesterday said that the Human Rights Commission had interviewed 57 participants and they found that there were extreme power imbalances between athletes who are sometimes as young as eight and nine at the elite level of the sport uh, and coaches and people like physical therapists, that there were issues of body shaming and bullying. There were also some quite terrible accusations of sexual abuse and mental abuse 
athletes and what the Sporting Code, Gymnastics Australia, says is that those sorts of claims ought to be referred to the police by the alleged victims, but it did apologise for the broader cultural issues and says that it can do better. The report made 12 recommendations around improving the way complaints are addressed and recognising and preventing child abuse. Casting our mind back to 2020 when revelations were raised in Senate estimates that former Australia Post boss Christine Holgate used company funds to gift four senior execs Cartier watches, Holgate claims she was bullied out of her job and left with no choice but to resign, and now she's given the government an ultimatum, Claire. Yes, she says that she wants to seek mediation talks and that has to happen by Wednesday night. An agreement needs to be in place. She says if it's not, then she will proceed with suing the government. Of course, the government is involved in all of this because Australia Post is a government enterprise uh, and the purchase of Cartier watches is something that came under the scrutiny of Prime Minister Scott Morrison when that all blew up last year. Yeah, Australia Post Chairman Lucio Di Bartolomeo said he was willing to enter talks but described Holgate's deadline as unreasonable. As for Cabinet Ministers Paul Fletcher and Simon Birmingham, they have joint ministerial responsibility for Australia Post. They indicated in a joint statement they had no intention of attending the mediation. No doubt there'll be more to come on this one. To property now, Claire, while home prices still climbed last month, a slight slowdown has shown some signs of reprieve for home buyers. As a new home buyer, Simone, I bet you are looking at this with oh, yeah. great interest. And I sure am, Claire. <laughs> as many, of course, Australians are. Uh, and it's quite extraordinary times, isn't it, that you look at a, a rate that's still six times the historical average of monthly growth and say that there's a slowdown. Of course, that comes off the back of an extraordinary march. It reached a 32 high in terms of a monthly surge. Uh, there's a couple of things that play economists say, and that's seriously low interest rates. And also not a lot of stock around that has seen buyers really squabble and pay very, very high prices for property. Property prices have been a big talking point, particularly over the past year. And like you say, Claire, it's definitely been on my mind. If you're looking to get across it all, we have a squeeze shortcut that takes you through previous economic crunches and how it compares to now. A link to that's in your episode notes. I'm not sure about you, Claire, but I've always been told to aim for two litres of water a day. It's why I carry that massive bottle of water around with me everywhere. (laughs) Apparently, it's not the saving grace I thought it was. (laughs) When you first came to the office not all that long ago, Simone, (laughs) I did remark at your remarkable commitment uh, to drinking water and also noted that it's something that I'm very, very bad at doing. I I really have to drag myself uh, through eight glasses of water a day. It's such a drag. So it is good to know that that's not necessarily a golden rule. There's a really good link uh, in the email today to an article uh, with a health professional from the US saying no one really knows where that rule came from. It certainly seems to be one of those things that's not necessarily grounded in science and that not everyone needs eight glasses of water all the time. Yeah, according to that article, how much water a person needs to drink depends on three factors. That's one's body weight, environmental temperature and physical activity levels. It's really interesting, so I'll pop a link to that in your episode notes. 
Squiz the day, there are a few, Claire, but of course it's Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. I'm sure that would make much more sense to me if I'd watched any of the Star Wars movies. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there are plenty of people who love Star Wars, so I'm sure that will mean something to them today. Uh, for me, looking at um, International Firefighters Day, of course, Australia's firefighters have been such a big part uh, of getting Australia through the last couple of years, so this day is for them. That's all from us today. Until next time. now from our podcast partner, BHP. The steel made from iron ore plays an important role in providing the production of our energy infrastructure, from wind turbines to power poles. So cutting carbon emissions in iron ore production is key. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power its port facilities at Port Headland. It's happening now at BHP.